0: Makes Productions presents the Credible Nerds Podcast with your hosts, Justin and Mark. Welcome, everyone, to the Credible Nerds Podcast. My name is Justin and I have my co-host with me Mark. Hey guys, how's it going? And this is episode 50 of our Credible Nerds podcast and we want to thank you guys for joining us here and listening to us and spending time with us to talk about uh today we'll be talking about uh different trailers that have been released in the last few weeks now that um, movies are getting back into theaters and we're going to be hopefully going to see a lot more movies in the theaters over the next few months. So they started to release some new trailers and we'll be talking about some of those as well as the recently released Zack Snyder's Justice League that came out on HBO Max about um, a month ago or so. So we're going to give our initial thoughts on that and talk about what we liked about it and how it compared to the theatrical release of Justice League from I think it was three years ago. But uh, we'll be talking about those as well as some more. A Wheel of Time series news. We got to see some video glimpses of some main characters. We'll briefly touch on that. And so that's what we have in store for you. But we want to thank our our listeners, our new listeners who have recently joined us. And we hope you like what you hear and are able to continue listening. So thanks again for joining us. But first up, let's talk um, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Uh, like I said, it came out on HBO Max. It was an exclusive release for HBO Max. So if you don't have that, you probably haven't seen it yet. They will be releasing it on Blu-ray at some point. Um, there was talk of some charity screenings around the country for uh, people to be able to see it in theaters. But I haven't seen any new information or new news about that. So currently you can only watch it on HBO Max. Uh, Mark and I have both seen it. Um, we'll get into that. Uh, the original cut came out in 2017 and it slowly faded away, or actually quickly faded away and people kind of forgot about it. It wasn't that good. I think my initial excitement for it, I was excited to see it and I wanted to see the, you know, the Justice League together. So I was excited to see that and, uh, but the story wasn't that great. So it kind of just, ran its course and we didn't really talk about it much after that so but this cut is a four-hour movie divided into seven different parts and uh definitely expands upon all the stuff that we saw in the theatrical release so we've talked about how you know this movie how it came to be that Zack Snyder had to step away and then Joss Whedon stepped in to finish it. We've talked about that in the past. We won't get into that very much, but uh, we just want to kind of talk about the movie itself this time Um, for you, Mark watching. Did you, first of all, did you sit down and watch it all in one take?
1: (laughs) I didn't. Uh, That is a big movie, right? Right. Four hours. I mean, even today, like, I love, like, Lord of the Rings. I cannot watch the extended version in one sitting. I mean, I've got to take breaks, you know, things like that. This is the same way. It is just, I think it took me two, maybe three sittings, um, just, you know, with kids and family. Um, So it, it took a while, but it was well worth it. It was a really great movie, a really great upgrade from what we originally got. You know, kind of like what you said, starting off, like, Really felt, you know, really want to see it get the Justice League together, and then you get it, and, and it's just not what you're looking for, like, you wanted something else from it, and it was disappointing. It really was. Um, I felt like we were getting some really weird, uh, Marvel vibes trying to mix with DC vibes, and that just was not yeah. going. And we yeah. got weird face Superman, and it's just, you know, it just uh, it was just rough,
0: yeah. Yeah, um, for me, I I watched it when it was initially released at like two a.m. I think it was one a.m. in my in our area, and I wasn't going to, but I I wanted to watch a Batman versus Superman before I saw um, Justice League, and by the time I got done watching that movie, it was like twelve thirty. So I'm like, well, I might as well wait an hour or a half hour and watch see if I can stay up all night and watch that. And I got probably an hour into Justice League, Zack Snyder's Justice League, and had to stop for the night and go to bed. But I did watch it the next day. And like you said, it was, it was felt more complete, like we were missing something in the theatrical release, but we got it here in this release. Um, it, It is four hours, but it it's because in my opinion, there's a lot to deal with. They introduce four, three new characters and they got to set up their story. We got to know who they are and that takes time. We have to revisit uh, Wonder Woman, Batman, where they're at in their lives and stuff. So it was just, it wasn't boring setup, but it was a lot of setup and it was very interesting. It was great to see these characters be introduced on the the big screen and the live action version for the first time. And we, we got to see Flash, Barry Allen, we got to see Cyborg and we got to see Steppenwolf, one of the villains. And we got to see, even see dark side in his group. So a lot of stuff that was introduced in this film. It was great to see. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, no, it, it really was. I think that for me, um, Steppenwolf was one of the best upgrades that we got. His story, where he came from, what his motivations were, was great. In the first one, it just seemed, original just seemed kind of simplistic you know, and he's talking to these mother boxes and like, oh, mother, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, this dude's weird. Um, and in this one, they, they kind of took that out and they made him, one, look completely badass, right? Like he was awesome. And then, you know, what his motivations for finding these mother boxes really made sense. Like it was like, oh, okay, this, this is making a little bit more sense and, the, you know, why he would be here and why he waited so long, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that was good. And then I think Cyborg was probably another one that was really well done. Like just his storyline was expanded, where he came from, uh, who he was before, um, kind of why he is how he is now, you know, like he was kept alive, you know, he was really close to his mom, his mom's gone, you know, things like that. Like it it just makes it, it fleshes out the story so much better so that it flows better. It's making sense. and, And I enjoyed that. And so when you, add that on and you get four hours out of it it's it's not just filler four hours it's you know real storyline four hours and it's great
0: yeah they expanded his character like you said add a lot of depth to him and you find out what his motivations are where he's coming from you know just his relationship with his dad was explored a little bit more which added to the to his character which added to the story so some very good um, writing there by Chris Terrio and Zack Snyder and then we get to see the Flash, Barry Allen. We don't really get his origin story in this, and I was curious about that. But we do get to see we are introduced to him and how he ends up joining the Justice League. It's pretty similar to what we saw in the theatrical, but we get you know an introduction to him and his powers. We see Iris West for a couple minutes, and you know some good things, some good introduction. But with him, what we saw like once he joined the Justice League and his interactions with. You know, um, with Cyborg, with Aquaman, with um, Wonder Woman and Batman, just the way he would interact with them was pretty fun. He was like the comedic element. He was a lot more funny in this version than he was in the th- theatrical version. Um, and he he just, you know, his his looks, his, his remarks and his reactions was just pretty, pretty funny. I liked how they expanded on his character that way. Oh, and I forgot, we, we were also introduced to Aquaman in this. We got a brief glimpse of him um, in Batman versus Superman, but chronologically this is his first introduction as a character in, in the story in this overall story, even though we have an Aquaman standalone, this is the first time we see, and we get that backstory a little bit with him as well.
1: Yeah. Yep. Nope. It was, it was good to see him. They kind of brought a little mo- more elements to him, but Mira in kind of, expanded that not too much but a little bit you know and you got to see some <laughs> why Mira's pretty awesome right I mean she you could see some powers from her and I don't know I just yeah with all together all the characters were just much more expanded and we got to see Alien, Alien Manhunter right John Jones yeah
0: yeah sure.
1: yeah I mean we get to see him in the middle and then we get to see him at the end um w- which was neat uh, I, I like that. It, I, I always think it's weird though. Like, I have a hard time wrapping my head around when you've got these light, you know, savior characters, and he's like, well, I'll just see how they do against the start you know, this, this character, and then maybe I'll show myself, and maybe I won't, right? I'm just like, well, you just pitch in and help him. <laughs> but I mean, whatever. Who knows why. But I, I think the, the biggest benefit that we got from this. It's just a better fleshed out story. It's just better all around. I mean, (laughs) Josh Whedon, poor guy, should be embarrassed. Really should. And and I don't say that to be rude, but I mean, what happened, what we got from this Zack Snyder cut was a hundred times better than the original. And, And I enjoyed it. I think the downfall of it is everyone loves it and everyone wants to expand the story of it. And it doesn't sound like that's what DC had in mind, but I don't know how they don't now. I think they put themselves like in a really tough pickle, like, you know, crap, we can't just discard this now. This is here, you know, we can't pretend it doesn't exist and the fans love it. Yeah, the so, fans
0: love it. Yeah. Uh, I don't see a problem with them doing a multiverse. I mean, lately the news has been they're going to do a, a black Superman or like a reboot or something? I don't know what if it's a reboot or just another story. But so they are branching out. Um, there's no reason they can't do a multiverse. It exists in the comics. It exists. It can exist in the movies. So why not? And we my, saw
1: WB do it right.
0: On oh, the TV shows.
1: Yeah, we yeah. saw WB do a multiverse, and they brought in you know, Smallville Superman and they brought in, uh, did they bring in Clark and Lois? I can't remember if they brought him in.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah so- you mean like the old Clark, Lois and Clark one? Yeah. yeah no, I don't they not remember.
1: But I mean, they brought in like three or four Supermans, you know, and things like that. And that was neat. And it worked well.
0: Yeah. Um, in, in the shows that we currently have, Supergirl is in a different timeline or a different Earth than what we're seeing with what we saw with arrow and flash she's in a whole different earth so they're already doing the multiverse they did the crisis on infinite earth storyline somewhat so yeah it it exists in the TV realm it exists in the comic realm let's do it in the movie realm. that way everybody everybody can get the stories they want they can branch out and try new things and it's a win-win for everybody but I don't know if WB will do it I've been pretty disappointed in them and their leadership at least I know the comics department, DC Comics is pretty pretty good to work with from what I hear it's just the the leadership up, up top. So, we'll see. See how it goes. But yeah, definitely check out uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League. For me, it's more in line with what we saw in Wonder Woman um and Batman versus Superman: Man of Steel, it's kind of that style. Whereas the theatrical version is more along the lines of Wonder Woman 84. So, you know, pick your flavor, I guess. Yeah. Uh
1: and and that movie was terrible. So I mean, yeah, pick your flavor. Terrible movie or amazing movie. No, okay, I, I'll take that back. I, I don't want to be too harsh, but wasn't as good. It wasn't as good. <laughs> and this one, it, it really is amazing. If you I get it's four hours, it's broken up in parts. It will literally say part one, this, part two, this. Watch to a couple parts, take a break, come back later, watch a couple more parts. It it's it's definitely worth getting into. It's definitely spending worth spending four hours watching this great show, especially if you're disappointed in where DC's gone. This is this was like the redemption story, and it redeemed. it was hundred percent redemption.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And we could definitely go on for four hours about our review of this, the different characters and storylines. I mean, we didn't even get into Darkseid and his invasion, you know, that's key part of the whole plot. So, but uh, what we, what you can do if you want more Zack Snyder's Justice League, check out our reviews, our written reviews on our website, crediblenerds.com and on our blog, you'll find some reviews of the different parts that you can read and, you know, check out and see if you know what you think about that. Moving on to another Zack Snyder project, he's having a good year. Uh, that Zack Snyder's Justice League was released last month and well, actually in March, it's now May. And he has another film coming out, Army of the Dead. And that'll come out, that's going to be released in theaters this week, and then it'll debut on Netflix next week. And so they've released a trailer for that recently and it looks pretty insane um i watched it a couple times mark watched it and just kind of imagine oceans 11 where they're doing a heist to steal millions of dollars from las vegas mixed with zombies and, and not walking dead zombies that just kind of mosey on along but more like world war z zombies um where they're a real threat if you've seen Zack Snyder's other zombie film, uh, Dawn of the Dead, kind of along those lines. So it uh, looks pretty insane. What are your thoughts on, on this trailer, Mark?
1: Yeah, it, man, it was awesome. Um, w- when I see these zombies, I kind of got like the I Am Legend vibe, like an extension of I Am Legend. Because in all zombie films, right? I mean, if you take us back to Origins, zombies like walked around and like, I, I have no idea how they ever caught anybody. I guess somebody tripped and then couldn't crawl away or something. But, you know, like they just walked around. That's where we started. And then like, we kind of got into, uh was it 24 hours later or whatever, kind of changed how zombies were. All of a sudden you got sprinting, running zombies, you know what, I mean, I guess they were rage, but you got that idea. And then, you know, different ones you know sprinting around stuff and then you got I am legend where all of a sudden zombies are like communicating in this weird way and like grouping up and like they're not just these mindless creatures and that was pretty neat I remember watching I am legend was thinking like wow that's that's pretty crazy like that's a little scary to think about and then you watch this trailer and you're like whoa like that
0: that is got that vibe to it right
1: yeah like if you're scared of zombies and all of a sudden zombies are like communicating and like have a social structure and yeah,
0: yeah.
1: you know abc that that's a real threat and i just watched that and i was super into it you know i was like whoa this this has a a really neat element to it you know to zombies that that hasn't really been explored i don't think on this level before and uh, I think there's a lot of room for it. And I like Dave Bautista, right? I mean, he, he's a old wrestler, you know, came from the screen, you know, as a entertainer. And I remember seeing him in the movie for the, you know, a long time ago for the first time thinking, Oh man, they're just giving this guy a cameo kind of like Hulk Hogan and all these other guys. And he did a really good job. And then he made another movie another movie. And so now that he's, he's in this show, he kind of seems like one of the main characters and, I'll tell you what, he's really surprised me as an actor. I, I enjoy it like every one of his movies he's in.
0: Yeah. it has got a pretty diverse cast. You got uh, all kinds of, of people, of individuals. And I don't think I, I think I recognize one of them other than Dave Bautista, but the others, I, I don't think I've really heard of. So it seems like there's some international actors or foreign actors. So it looks pretty good. Uh, pretty diverse cast and looks funny and scary and crazy and um, lots of action for sure it's a Zack snyder film right you yeah, know that's one thing he's known for is uh his action sequences so looking forward to that hopefully we'll see that this weekend and check it out and we'll be able to give a review later on what we think yep. you can also find that one that uh trailer listed on our website as well so if you're there checking out the justice league reviews check out the post with uh, the trailer watch it uh, another trailer that was released uh, back in April was Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Uh, that's a continuation of Marvel's cinematic universe. Uh, I believe it's phase four, one of the first phase four films. I think Black Widow was supposed to be the first one, uh, but that's that'll be released in July, I think it is, is the final date that it finally got pushed back to. So this, this will come out after that. Um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier WandaVision those Disney Plus shows are actually in phase 4 as well. So we're we've moved into the this next phase and curious to see where it goes. And Shang-Chi looks like it's going to be a big part of it. It's from watching the trailer it's a definitely a martial arts film. It's got that uh kind of a lot of Iron Fist vibe to it uh, from what I saw. I don't know if if they'll be linked up here in this movie, but I believe they were crossed paths a couple of times in the comics at least. So it'd be interesting if they tie those in together. But um, as far as the trailer goes, uh, sounds like Shang-Chi is a, a son of the guy who runs the 10 rings group, um, not Trevor, but the other guy. The Mandarin? Mandarin, yeah. Yeah, so it's not Trevor this time. It's the real leader of the Ten Rings, the Mandarin, uh, for, at least from what I can tell. I mean, they, I don't think they said his name in the trailer, but that's who they're it, it,
1: it says on here that when I said Wenwu, <laughs> it says under it says Mandarin, and then his real name is Wenwu.
0: Okay, so Mandarin's maybe a title.
1: Yeah, um, it's like warrior king or something. Okay, yeah,
0: I I hope they bring Trevor back actually. <laughs> Ben, Ben Kingsley. I mean, that was, that's
1: what I was thinking too. I was like, that would just be awesome. Yeah.
0: Like they, they capture him, bring him in, they just kill him or something, something simple, but to tie it in. But when I first saw Iron Man three, I was like, what? this is so stupid. But then I watched it over a couple of times since then, as it kind of, I got the humor. I was like, Oh, that's kind of funny. But um, yeah. So the Mandarin and his group, uh, I, I don't know how they'll tie it into Iron Man if they do at all. If they'll even mention it, they'd be smart too, since they've already have established that connection. And Iron Man's a pretty popular character. That way, they can tie the old with the new and move forward with the new without wasting much time on explaining things. So, I don't know. It looks it looks pretty good. Not much detail was was shown in the trailer. Just a lot of fight scenes and chasing and things like that. So. It sounds like the Mandarin wants Shang-Chi to take over his group, and Shang-Chi doesn't want to. He wants to do his own thing. So there's, there's the conflict.
1: So is it a movie or a series?
0: It's a, it's, a, it's a movie. It'll be released September 3rd, 2021.
1: So let me ask you, will we see Daredevil?
0: I hope so. I mean, they did get the rights he- back from Netflix.
1: Because he's connected to it, right? He's connected to the Ten Rings in the, ten, in the Netflix series.
0: I believe so, yeah.
1: And so, and I know there's been talk about bringing him into the into the fold kind of thing, but I mean, that was just rumor upon rumors from, you know, third sources cannot be named, you know, yeah. yada yada. Um, but I think this is a perfect movie because you're talking about just people that are like top end people, you know, they're not superhero superpowers, or maybe they have a little bit, but they're not heads and tails beyond normal people too much you know and they're not they're not like thor
0: who's a god yeah
1: yeah they're not on that level they're just you know somewhere in between and i feel like that's where daredevil sits mm-hmm. and so i think this would be a perfect movie to bring him in
0: yeah definitely the netflix series that daredevil was pretty well loved from what i could t- tell from what i remember I and mean, i loved it and it'd be great to just bring him in already established character already established storyline and just put them in somewhere.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that'd be neat. But I mean, that's here's to hoping, right? So yeah. uh, it will be interesting. I As I watched the trailer on this, I really got the Jet Li vibe. Like I felt like 15 years ago, this is a Jet Li movie. <laughs> yeah. um, but, uh, you know, I so thinking that, you know, when I thought that I was like, okay, I kind of know what this movie is already because I've watched all the Jet Li's movies and they're pretty much all the same. Um, but we'll see, you know, I'm going to give it a shot, take a look at it. Uh, just like anyone else. Um, it didn't grasp me the way army of the dead did, but it, you know, is piqued my interest for sure.
0: Yeah. That's a good point. I think if they do make the mistake of just showing us an, the same story with the new characters, new settings, it'll have its flavor of the month moment, but is it going to last? Is it going to be something that we're going to go back to again and again? Probably not. Uh, so, I do hope they bring something new to the story, a new element of something. And if they're going to tie it into the existing Marvel cinematic universe, they got plenty of opportunities to do something great with it. A lot of storylines, a lot of characters are already established that they can do something with. So, we'll see. September 3rd. Another trailer that was just released yesterday is the latest trailer for Venom 2 Let There Be Carnage. And while Venom is a Marvel property, um, it's currently owned by Sony Pictures, so there's no Marvel Cinematic Universe tie-in, even though the characters are tied in in the comics, we will see what happens there. But at this point, there isn't plans to have a crossover with Spider-Man, but they need to. But uh, off the success of the first Venom, uh, Tom Hardy's back playing Eddie Brock as well as Venom. Um, and then there, it was teased at the end of the first film that a Carnage would be introduced to the storyline and so that's what happens here and Woody Harrelson is playing Carnage in this film. I don't know a lot about Venom and Carnage and all that's basically what I saw in the first film and what we've seen in, I have read some comics with Spider-Man and Venom, but not a lot so my knowledge is basically the movies. Do you have any insight on how Venom and Spider-Man work together or interact or fight or what do they do?
1: Yeah, so <laughs> it's kind of weird because they rewrote it. If I remember right, like originally Venom was kind of like the alter ego of of uh, Spider-Man, just kind of when Spider-Man was being bad, you know, kind of like what we saw with the original Spider-Man, right? And it kind of got into him and then he pulled it out. And,
0: with Tobey Maguire?
1: Yeah, Tobey Maguire, right? It was kind of like that. And then Venom kind of became its own person. Then they they kind of did a reboot later, and he was always separate. He was a symbiote from another, you know, planet and stuff. And so was Carnage, and there's a couple others. Like, there's, you know, two or three others. But Carnage and Venom are probably the two most well-known because they were the most written about. Um, Venom is – interesting because him and spider-man are are natural enemies but they'll team up and in it's been so long since i read these comics but if i remember right in the comic books they would often team up to fight carnage because carnage was i mean pretty much what the name suggests you know he was all about just destroying everything and you know killing everybody and so they would often team up and that's the only time you would ever see him team up and then right after that they were worst enemies again you know they they would generally fight because venom is venom right i mean he, if you watch the trailer he, he wants to eat mrs Chen because you have ice cream or something
0: right you know that chocolate
1: yeah so uh you know i mean but uh so it'd be interesting to see them come together in something like this you know like yeah. it'd be the perfect opportunity unfortunately movie rights or movie rights which you know hurts mm-hmm. the, hurts the fan but Lines their pockets, so um it'll be interesting to see Venom and Carnage. Carnage is generally bigger and stronger than than Venom. I I don't like I said it's just a long ago storyline, but I don't remember too often that Venom could ever stand up to Carnage. So I think we might see like a little X Factor come in here, like something from the side. Obviously, it won't be Spider Man, but I think we'll see something help him uh, that. You know, whether it's another superhero or, you know, something along that line, who knows? Um,
0: well, in the last one, in the first film, the girlfriend, Eddie Brock's girlfriend, ended up using the. She would turn into a Venom uh, symbiote too, right?
1: Yeah. So. Maybe be, her? I, I don't know because it was the same Venom symbiote that Eddie Brock carries. Uh-huh. So. You couldn't really split those in two. I, I just don't know what they'll do. You know, I mean, maybe they'll, I don't know, bring, you know, like a secondary character that we know in the in that universe. I, I just don't know. Um, I think Woody Harrelson is an amazing person to play uh, Carnage. I think that guy, you know, like it's gold. I don't know what it is, but it's just every show he's in, I'm like, oh, Woody Harrelson. Oh, okay, that was great.
0: Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's been around forever too. Oh yeah. He's a good actor um so i guess my my question is is there could be uh, a spider-man cameo in this after if you remember after the second spider-man um far from home that from the marvel cinematic universe there was this big dust up between disney marvel and sony because basically uh, disney is using spider-man but Sony's getting the money from the the profits of him, of Spider-Man. So basically, wow. Disney's, I think there's, they're renting him or they're getting the merchandise rights or the, you know, some, some back-end money. But as far as the theatrical stuff, uh, Sony's getting that money from the Spider-Man movies. And so there was a big dust-up after the second one. You know, Disney didn't want to do that anymore. They wanted to buy Spider-Man from Sony. And Sony's like, no, we got plans for him. And their thing is, as long as they're making movies about Spider-Man, then they keep the rights. And so they're like, well, we're make, we're helping, you know, make these movies. So technically we're still making these movies. So Disney couldn't um, buy them or find them for breach of contract or anything. So they made a new deal is my point. They didn't really release a lot of the details of that, but maybe something was we get to use Spider-Man in our Venom movie. I don't know. That would have been the time to do it because Venom had already been released, or you know, was about to be released, or something. It was around that time frame, and so they could technically move forward with Spider-Man. I don't know if it'd be Tom Holland. Or, I doubt
1: it. I doubt it. I had no way Disney allows that, right?
0: Yeah, maybe there's if the right profits, the profit sharing, they could. Um,
1: well, what do you think about this? Because th- there's talk about spider-man into the verse right yeah we can talk about that so what if it was miles morales
0: (laughs) yeah they could do that totally would that
1: be kind of (laughs) cool in its own way or gwen or someone like you know like someone the that you could bring into the verse like why not if if you're gonna do into the verse and i get you know what does sony care right if disney makes into the verse because they're gonna make money anyway and so it would be a perfect opportunity for them to try to help each other and be like, yeah, let's do that. You know, we'll, we'll help pave a path. Here's Miles Morales to help Venom in here. Or here's Gwen, Stacy or whatever it is, right? Well, means- Disney doesn't
0: own uh, Miles Morales, that film. That film was made by, shoot, I think it was made by Sony. But And so they also own Amazing Spider-Man and Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. I mean those are they can use those Spider-Man without any hesitation or pushback from from Disney. And there's there's been a lot of rumors about this third Spider-Man movie that's coming out later this year. Um No Way Home, I think is what it's called. That they're gonna have some cameos from these other Spider-Man from Toby or Andrew Garfield.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it is owned by Sony. So Spider-Man into the verse is owned by Sony. hmm Under-
0: I think the only version that's Disney can use or has any say in, if any, is Tom Holland's,
1: mm-hmm. and it's even on rent. So maybe we'll see into the verse from from them. But it, then again, it just goes to it. Why wouldn't they bring somebody in yeah. that would into the verse anyway? Because you, you have to introduce them somehow. Like we haven't seen them all, so bring them in. Yeah. And I think that's the perfect time to see Miles Morales because from what I hear, Into the Verse isn't going to be animated right, the next one, they're gonna make it live
0: action. I hope so, so. If, I haven't heard. I know, but, I just know they're making a second one.
1: Yeah, and well, maybe I just was dreaming about it, but I swear I heard it. So if they are doing live action, it's a perfect, you know, perfect scene to bring in a Miles Morales as a, you know, not in, in like a non-cartoon character. You know, you can bring him in as a person and, and introduce him. Because we've seen Andrew Garfield, we've seen Tommy McGuire, we've seen Tom Holland, we haven't seen miles morales
0: yeah i think that would be a good idea yeah yeah because if the history is um that venom and carnage fight and carnage is more powerful so venom needs to team up his his enemy to defeat carnage his bigger enemy then they have to do something but if it's not spider-man it's got to be someone it's not peter parker i guess you got to have someone
1: even in the first one, Venom says, he's like, oh yeah, he's, he's a badass," you know, like, you know, way better (laughs) than me. you know. Yeah.
0: When I was looking at some things online uh, after the release of this trailer, that they're pretty comic accurate. Like with, uh, I mean, uh, Cletus is on the table and they're injecting with some type of, I don't know if it's like the death penalty or what, what is going on there, but they, they showed a comic still, from one of the old comics that matches that perfectly. It's at Ravencroft. The, you know, it's... So there's all these things that they're already pulling from the comics to translate to to live action. So why wouldn't they have a Spider-Man character? If that's the story. And I I wouldn't blame them for holding out. I think that would be awesome to wait until the movie's actually released. And then all of a sudden it's like Spider-Man's in it and then it just blows up.
1: Yeah, kind of do like a... No, do no, know, something see, like they do with uh, Star Wars, you know? They, it's like the best kept secrets ever, you know? Yeah. So that'd be kind of neat.
0: So I think they, they made that mistake with uh, Captain America Civil War with showing Spider-Man in the previews and not waiting to get to the theaters to find out. I think they made yeah. that
1: yeah, because that would have been awesome, right? No yeah. one would have had a clue. I mean, maybe it starts leaking and everyone's like, nah, they would have shown it. Blah, blah, blah. And then you see them and everyone pees their pants and is happy, right? Yeah. It, I think that'd be neat. Um, I just like Miles Morales,
0: man. He, he was awesome. Yeah, that show was so good. Uh, it's one of my favorite Spider-Man movies.
1: Oh, yeah. And it's just an animation, right? Yeah. And and I loved it. It was it was really cool. It was neat, neat movie. Yeah, it was a great idea.
0: Great concept there uh, so that's the the last trailer we'll talk about we do want to get into some books some book news uh, well guys i guess it's book slash tv or streaming uh, wheel of time we've talked about that ad nauseum sometimes <laughs> on on our podcast we really like that series uh, but they are making that amazon prime show it's still in production uh, but recently it was announced earlier this month that the wheel of time season two greenlit they're going to move forward with season two once they're done filming season one um, they did have to they did have to pause on season one due to covid where they were filming in europe somewhere i can't remember but uh, once they're done with season one they'll move into season two so that's good news i mean uh, they're liking what they see but uh, I, I also read somewhere that's pretty typical with amazon is that you know, once they buy into a property, they'll produce two seasons. And so the season, the two seasons is kind of a given and then they'll decide, hey, do we wanna keep going with this or not? But, but still, at least it looks like it's not a, a terrible uh, disaster at this point. They're moving forward with season one or season two. But we did get to see a first glimpse of Daniel Henney who portrays lamb. It's just a quick couple second video of, of him and we also got to see a similar one of moraine played by rosamund pike and on that one with moraine it looks like they both kind of look like they're in the similar scene or similar time of what's going on and it looks like it's the attack on the two rivers from the Trollocs. so we get to see moraine use the one power in this brief scene or at least she's going to access to use the one power we don't really see much and then we see lan in his scene looks like he's getting ready to to fight something or someone and there's fire in the background so they kind of look like it's in the two rivers during that first attack during, during bell time
1: yeah i think it'll be cool but i think that scene if it's in season one episode one which i wouldn't doubt that is going to be crucial for the fans oh, yeah. um because for two reasons one Everyone talks about the sword fighting. I mean, if you read the books, I mean, you got like um, plucking apples from the tree, turns into boar coming down the mountain, turns into wind in the leaves, right? Like whatever whatever it is. And everyone is always like, man, that sounds so amazing. It's like this dance. And now we get to see what that dance is. And I don't want to see some, you know, like Roman old moves hack and slash. I don't want to see some samurai, you know moves I want to see some something original that actually matches what I'm seeing like what I've been envisioning and and I get their visions different than mine but it can't be the same old it just can't it needs to be something like far superior or whatever it is it needs to be its own and uh, and the next with the power and I have no idea how they do this but all the time they talk about how the weaves go. you like, Oh, the weaves came together this way, or they did this. Are we going to see that? Or are we just going to see like a glowing ball of light in her hand and then lightning jumps out and kills everyone. Right. Cause if we see a ball of light and then lightning jumps out, I feel like we're getting kind of cheap skated there. But I also understand cause that's pretty t- tough. I don't know how you visually represent weaves, but I hope they found a way. Yeah. But you would hope they found a way because that is a big part of the book because i mean there's pages and pages and pages dedicated to these weeds and the way they look and what they're doing and how they come together and now i want to see it you know and, and it, it would seem like a shortcut to skip that to skip those two elements and so i almost feel like the land and moraine have the biggest role to play in in the in what the fans want
0: mm-hmm. and setting that tone right up front
1: yeah exactly first episode. so, right season one. so it, I think it's critical and obviously they it I mean I, I watched the land one it's seven seconds long yeah. he looks awesome you know and things like that I actually envisioned him being bigger than he was um and I think maybe it's because Maureen's always so small right she's like five nothing 86 pounds and he's he just seems bigger than life right all the time so i assumed he would be a lot bigger than the character they picked but that's my mind right if someone else has something as long as it works i'm I'm fine with that but yeah it'd be interesting
0: yeah yeah and i know they've the fans have asked the showrunner Rafe judkins on his you know q a's that he's done with the show about the weaves and how it's going to look and very similar to what you're saying there and he hasn't said how or what other than he, the only thing he said is yep we agree we're work. we have something in mind we're going to use it it's not going to be just a light flashing or anything like that so he at least is aware of it needs to be cool and it needs to represent some sort of weave or magical line or you know something and so we'll see if they they pull it off if it if it looks good And then with, with my mind in the, the forms that land uses, like, I think there's one boar rushes through the, the reeds or the grass or something. Right. And then there's one cat dances across the, the hot.
1: Something. Right.
0: right? (laughs) So I think it'd be funny if, or I think it'd be awesome if they like the, the name was visually represented. Like he, he looks like a boar rushing through the the grass or something. You know, you just get this powerful move all of a sudden, or you know, and the cat is is very the cat dances through the across the hot sand or whatever it is, is very um um stealthy, right? And kind of maybe even looks like a cat or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, because I always visualize yeah boar rushes down the mountain. What is just this yeah. double overhand like? Just power rush. right you know and then like there's that one like picking apple blossoms they talk about all the time i always figured like he's like doing like these poking motions you know like quick poking Uh, and that's funny right because we've all like having our heads and i'm sure everyone's different like if if they got like the the top 20 fans together and said all right show me what this moves look like i think it would just be interesting to see like what they envision is as and then what you get on tv um real question is Billy Zane gonna be in it?
0: <laughs> I still believe he's gonna be in it. I'm still <laughs> standing by that claim.
1: Yes. Uh, if, if you guys haven't heard, we have recording of Billy Zane saying he's in it. Yeah. So who who knows if it's true? It's not. Ne- you know, it's never been announced or anything. But I sure hope he is.
0: Yeah. I think it's just gonna be a quick cameo, if anything. But I still think he's gonna be in it. Um, why would he? Unless he's just straight out lying. To a bunch of people who know who are fans or are gonna find out anyway, why would he say that? Maybe at the time he was, but then now he's not. Maybe mm-hmm. something happened. But I believe at the time we said that he he was planning on being in it. So
1: Yeah. I, I still think if we see him, he's gonna be a flashback of Ishmael.
0: Yeah. Because
1: Ish, I, I still Ishmael, Balzaman, and Moradin are three different people. They're not the same person. I mean, they they personify the same soul, right? You know, just like the dragon exists in different people. You know, so does does Ellen Morin Uh, I, You know what I mean? And then he takes the name of Ishmael, but really the same person. I think that's like that was going to look a lot different than Baal's should look. But yeah. alzheimer will look obviously different from Morden will look, so I think we could see him as a flashback of Ishmael, just mm-hmm. doing a couple scenes. Yeah. But I, and I think that would be relevant and neat. But yeah, yeah. I, it would just, I
0: think contractually he has to represent that character, unless they've gotten out of the contract. But um yeah, so I think there's at least that that he needs to be, not because he wants to be or they want him to be or don't want him to be, it's because there's a contract and he has to, they have to honor that. Mm-hmm. Do you think they'll do, and I know this is a little, a lot of speculation. Do you think they'll
1: do any like flashbacks of the, like the actual war of power?
0: Yeah. I think we'll see some, something from that. The, the age of legends. I think we'll see stuff from there. Like mm-hmm. we saw like in the books that Aiel yield or there was that sequence where they, they go through the the columns and they kind of travel back in time as well. So I think we'll at least see it there, but I think we'll also see some stuff, especially maybe with the, the Forsaken.
1: Yeah. You know, when they get sealed up or like when uh, they first discover the, the true power or whatever you want to call it, you know, and yeah. um, you know, it blows up and stuff. I, I mean, I think that'd be neat, you know, and just actually see some of the war, you know, yeah. see, like kind of like do like a flashback like they did in like Lord of the Rings, right? When they kind of talked, they just did a quick two minute prequel almost, you know? That yeah. just be kind of neat to see what it looks like. Because we don't really read much about it. We don't really know a ton about it. Um, But I think that'd be cool.
0: Yeah. I think these first two seasons, they'll start off small and have a linear story. Because that's how it is in the books pretty much. The first three or four books. It's very folk character focused focused on this main group for the most part in their their journey you know there's no there's not a lot of side stories at this point so i think these first two seasons will see that and then if the show is a success and they can dump more money into it i think they'll get more into the stuff like flashbacks with the age of legends and all this technical stuff and expand the story that much more so I think it depends on the success of the first two seasons, how well it does. Okay.
1: Yep. Well, I guess, I mean, I guess we'll see. Hopefully it comes out soon. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm excited for it, but kind of, I was telling Justin earlier, I'm kind of like, I I don't know. The excitement kind of went out of my sales just from different press releases, and then my own opinions about things. Like, I, I guess I think I'm a professional at things. I don't know. So, um. You know just kind of a lot of the back and forth about characters casted and there's just been a lot of uh i mean trolling on different uh you know threads and pages and stuff and it really like turned me off as a fan uh just to see these huge different points of views just watch the fans tear each other apart and it was just tough so it kind of turned me off to it for a little bit yeah i agree
0: i think that's the biggest problem with fandom all fandoms at this point is there's just so much arguing about the different properties right it's big in star wars it's big in dc it's not that big in marvel but it's still there and then obviously with the wheel of time it's just fans you, you can't express an opinion a different opinion without getting um torn apart for having that opinion even if even if you're just saying something in frustration and maybe you don't really believe it you're just like oh that I, that really bothers me and then you next thing you know, there's a hundred replies of saying you suck. So, and it mm-hmm. it does. It just sucks the wind out of you, sucks the excitement out of you, and you're like, why do I even care about this property anymore? Because people are just jerks about it. You know, I was just saying, unfortunately, that's the case in in a lot of in a lot of fandoms that I have enjoyed and been passionate about for for forty years, and it sucks. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, they just got so toxic, right? I mean, they, they did the casting and everyone had their own opinion. Some people agreed, some people didn't.
0: And that's totally fine to have a different opinion.
1: Exactly. But it got to the point where it was like, I don't really agree with this person. And this is why this is what the book says. Well, you must be racist. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. like and it wasn't like you know, oh, do you have a problem with the race? It wasn't like a question in a discussion. It was like, well, you're racist, screw you, beep you, get off this page, blah, blah, blah. And it was just, it was so toxic. You just couldn't even engage with anybody. Mm -hmm. And and that's unfortunate. I mean, for a fandom that is this large for this long. And then I kind of felt like, you know, uh, the will of time, producers and stuff saw this going on and i feel like that they, they kind of had like a bad reaction to it like they were just kind of like well it is what it is deal with it
0: yeah they weren't very understanding in my opinion
1: yeah instead of addressing it and being like look we understand that there's some controversy with the casting and things like that this is the vision that we are going with after speaking with uh robert jordan's wife you know and or, or whatever it is And, and, you know, we're not trying to offend anyone, but trust us, we're going to put out a quality thing, anything like that, you know, to just kind of temper the flames. But instead, they just were like, nope, deal with it. And then just watch the fandom just tear
0: each other apart. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. So, like you, I'm just waiting to see how it is. I'll watch it. And I don't know if I'll finish the first season, but we'll see. I want to. I want to be invested in it. Is one of my favorite fandoms especially literary fandoms because that's obviously that's all it's been up to this point but uh, one of the greatest series ever written in my opinion so hopefully the tv shows is good i mean i want to see uh what happened with lord of the rings right one of the gr- greatest stories ever written especially in the fantasy realm translated into one of the greatest film trilogies ever
1: oh wasn't it though it was yeah. amazing yeah i mean the hobbit dragged on a bit but still it was good
0: so yeah still overall pretty good um so if if the wheel of time can accomplish half of that success i think that's that's a win
1: oh yeah for sure and I,
0: it's a better story so it should be it should do better mm-hmm.
1: i mean it, i i don't want him to do this like because game of throny thrones kind of got like you know, all the sex and la la -la boobs hanging out everywhere and stuff. And that took it away, away from it, from me. I mean, I'm sure that stuff's happening in the background of the book. (laughs) If you read those books, right. But yeah, I don't need to see it. I don't, you know, like need to see this big scene about, you know, this naked lady getting, you know, raped and then shot up with arrows. Like I don't need to see that, you know Um, I feel like it took away from the movie and it did it for the wow factor for sure to get, keep people interested And so I hope that the wheel of time doesn't go that route, but still puts out that kind of quality of the things you saw when you saw like the, the wall, right. Was amazing. Like, I was just like, I remember seeing the wall the first time in that show, that show. And I was like, Oh my gosh, that's crazy. And I want that kind of feeling for wheel of time. Like, wow, look at that. That's Emmons field. That's amazing. Oh, Holy cow. That's Camelin for the first time. And it's, you see the wow, you know, the white tower for the first time, like, like I want that wow factor, like that just amazing factor in it without like all this hubbub to take it away. I get there's gonna be a scene like we've read the books there's definitely scenes. it is what it is, but you know don't don't inundate the story with it just to
0: create noise, you know yeah, I agree with that. I think you can tell a great story without over a. Sh- I don't know what's the right word without showing too much or
1: yeah, without putting, sexualizing it. Right.
0: we sexualizing it, putting too much in there. That isn't there in the story, first of all. And second of all, it's, I don't know, it's just not pertinent to the story, but um, yeah. it, cause I think with, with game of Thrones, the story, there was sexual scenes in the books. So of course you'd have them in the show. In Wheel of Time, there's only, I can only think of like one, maybe two sexual scenes that ended before they even got to the sexual part. So they they were referenced and talked about, but they weren't necessarily shown on, on screen in quotations.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, right? Because you got Elaine who's pregnant, you got Avianda uh, who's pregnant. Um, obviously, things are happening. You have, uh, y- what's your name's pregnant, not fail, but the, uh, Matt's Matt's girl's pregnant. Right. You, I mean, so, I mean, you know, things are happening, but y- you can insinuate that without showing a big, you know, scene about it too. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's me. Right. I mean, I, I, maybe some people love that stuff. They're like, Oh man, did you see that scene last night? I paused it 55 times. Like, come on, you know, just, you know, get to the ground bits of it. And like, we know what happens. I mean, we're all pe- grown-ups. We know what goes on. Like we have kids. It's not a mystery to us, yeah. but we don't need to like make a point to make a five minute scene out of it either.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I want to watch the show with my kids. I want to introduce them. Hey, this is the wheel of time. They've seen the books on my shelves all their life. And they're like, wow, that's a big series, dad. Yep. It's my favorite. And so they have actually have a show. I want to be able to sit down and watch it with them and not worry about things. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I think we've uh, discussed that before, but it that's our take. That's credible nerd's take on that that topic. And then another, some more news on one of our other favorite series, The Cosmere by Brendan Sanderson. Uh, he recently announced that he has been working on book four of the Mistborn series involving Wax and Wayne, and that's middle series of that book or the middle books of that series and so that's that's era two and he anticipates that he'll be done with that uh, i think it's actually i think i saw something that's already done and turned into the, the the publisher for editing so um but well actually no i take that back he, sh- he said that he should have it done by august to be published later this year, early, early next year. So, uh, and that'll finish up this era two book of Mistborn. Um, so up to this point, we've had the three books released and, uh, we haven't had this final book for quite a few years now. It's been four or five years, which is uncharacteristic of Brandon Sanderson. Usually he writes a series, a series at a time. And he does take breaks, but not for that long a period. So hopefully we'll get that uh, late this year, if not early next year. I'll have to go back and read them. It's been a couple of years since I read the, the Mistborn series and this Wax and Wayne series. So um, he, did, he did give an update on April 26th about that. He also let some other things slip where he revealed some stuff about the Stormlight Archive um, that he he'll finish book five book four was released last year yeah last year and book five will be ready in 2023 so in two years and then um so he'll start writing that early next year January 2022 for hopefully a fall 2023 release and he's he's talked about this before that stormlight will be divided into two parts, two five book arcs um but the second arc will be about ten years after the end of book five, and up to this point, the books have been pretty much book one ended, book two started I think, and then so on. I think book four started about a year after the end of book three, so that that's the biggest time jump in the series um but the book six will be 10 years after book five. And he hopes to start writing book six in 2026. So it could be like 2036 before he finishes the Stormlight Archive. Because just, they just published the 10-year anniversary book of book one, right? Way of Kings last year. So that was a it's been ten years since the first Stormlight Archive book came out. Book five will come out in two years. So then yeah, it's gonna be twenty forty, twenty thirty eight before he finishes Stormlight Archive. So that's um <laughs> it's like twenty years. So eighteen to twenty years, right? Seventeen, eighteen years.
1: Yeah, it I mean <sighs> I mean, he puts out books pretty quick um that's a big investment i mean i've got all faith in him that he's going to do it because i mean that guy he pumps out books and with quality quickly and yeah. you know and uh but that's a lot of writing and you know how long you know is it five years down the road till he needs a year a year off two years out yeah off?
0: He's going to have to take some sort of break for a year.
1: Yeah. Writer's block. And then you hate to say this, and I'm not, you know, I never wish ill on anybody, but it happened to Robert Jordan. Yep. You know, and so, you know, that's always a worry when you get into these long, long, long um, series.
0: Yeah. And it's not only Stormlight, it's finishing up Mistborn, era three. It's Elantris, book two. It's... uh, what's another series that he's writing um the war breaker yeah Warbreaker there's little, all these other series that he's he's also writing and i think he the stormlight is his main focus and then his breaks are oh, i'm going to write a quickly write this mistborn book four book in a couple months right mm-hmm. so those are his breaks which is good but he's also been doing all these other projects he's starting to branch off to into non-cosmere stuff and developing scripts for movies and tv shows so I, i'm that's what gets me worried like he he needs to do those things but his his initial project this cosmere is should be his first priority i mean i'm not gonna tell him what to do because he's he's doing great at what he's doing but mm-hmm.
1: and he's got a lot of good help around him, but eventually you're going to get overwhelmed that you just, yeah. too many, you know, too many things going on, not enough hands for yeah. all the
0: If he's still 20 years out from finishing his stuff, his Cosmere stuff, I mean, he's about my age, about our age. So he's going to be like almost 60 years old. If not 65. Mm-hmm. That's, That's a great career plan. Like you said, what if he gets burned out? What if he goes through a divorce and quits writing for two years or three years, like Jim Butcher did, right? Yeah. Definitely don't want to wish ill on anybody, like you said, but life happens. Mm -hmm. And
1: I mean, look at Robert Jordan, he had everything in order, best intentions. He didn't have too many crazy things going on and life happens. You know, it, it just does. And (laughs) Look, <laughs> george rr R. martin yeah
0: there's I mean, nothing he, going on <laughs> he still can't he finish his book
1: a tv series about a book that he hasn't even finished the book series on right yeah. Uh, yeah. i mean look at patrick rothfuss we've been waiting on book three for like 10 years now uh, yeah. you know what i'm saying like it happens we get it uh we're readers we're avid readers we love reading but we see these things happen and so you get worried you know that here's one of my favorite authors that it it might happen to and so but i mean hoping for the best and i sure hope the worst doesn't happen
0: right exactly but we're in it for the long haul with him we'll read all the books he's writing so keep at it and we'll keep reading so that's the the latest news from the nerd universe out there so anything else that you anything else you want to talk about mark
1: um, if, if you follow Jim butcher at all um he is supposedly currently writing the Olympian affair which is book two of the cinder spires ther- um, series I heard rumor that it might be in October this year but I haven't seen anything official it sounds like it might be actually 2022 but uh, if you haven't win read the cinder cinder spires series there's only one book right now second book's coming out it's called aeronauts windlass it was surprisingly good i enjoyed it um i would suggest reading it if you haven't and the second book is hopefully coming out within the next year
0: yeah yeah jim butcher writes he's a pretty good writer dresden files obviously we've talked about uh the codex alera that's a a five or six book series six six That was a great series, too. Very fast-paced, fantasy-based magic. I don't know if you call it magic, but it's kind of got that magic style to it. Um, Yeah, great series. And then this first book of this new series that you just talked about is great, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, check out our Harry Dresden, Dresden Files podcast episodes. Also, we got some book reviews on our, our website, on our blog. My last one was regarding the The comic book, the graphic novel, Welcome to the Jungle. One thing about the Dresden Files is, he'll write these novels, and then he'll go write these short stories, or they'll develop comic books to fill in the gaps of some of these stories. So that was um, that was a great introduction. And then before that one, I also wrote a review on a short story called A Restoration of Faith, and that's a short story that basically introduces Harry Dresden for the first time in the timeline. And he meets up with officer Murphy. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. It's kind of the prequel, right. When he's still working uh, for, or he, he doesn't own his own private eye business, right. He's still working for somebody. I can't remember the guy's name.
0: Yeah. He's working for Nick. Yeah. His buddy Nick for the ragged angel detective agency. Mm, that's right. Yep. I remember that. So yeah, check out those reviews on our website. Uh, check out our podcast reviews of the Dresden files on our website. We're big Dresden fans and we like to talk about it, write about it. So want to thank you guys for joining us on episode 50 of the credible nerds podcast. Um, I actually looked on our, when I posted our last episode of the, um, May the fourth episode. And even though we're on episode 50, that's that's a, that's a that's a deception. Cause we actually have like 120 plus episodes. <laughs> we we tend to branch out on these different things. We did uh, we've done the Starborn report, which is Dresden Files, we've done Star Wars Apologetics, we've done Mandalorian reviews, we've done Transformers, we've done Middle Earth, we've done Marvel Avengers. You know, so we break out on these different, uh, areas and we don't include them in our, you know, our, uh, usual numbering system. So that's why we're along on episode 50. So plenty of content is what I'm getting at. <laughs> go, go listen to our episodes, uh, participate in social media with us, uh, send us an email if you have questions or comments, uh, we'll read it on, on our show. We'll talk about it and because you know, we appreciate our listeners, um, we have a pretty consistent listener base, so we're thankful for you guys and tuning in and listening to our podcast and what we talk about. So we'd like to hear from you. Send us an email at podcast at crediblenerds.com, and we'll, we'll check it out. Yeah, so thanks for joining us, and we'll catch you next time.
1: All right, see you guys.
0: seen it since I saw it in theaters but I liked it
1: I definitely like the first one more um than the second one but I don't think he's a I don't think he's one a replicant Yeah because he ages and none of, the, none of the other replicant age replicants age Yeah like they like they only live to 5 years but there's that one model or whatever that they that lives a long time but like Remember at the first of the movie that he goes and kills that one that's living off like on the farm or something.
0: Yeah. Dave and he hasn't,
1: yeah. He hasn't aged. Like he's not an old man and he'd be about the same age as, um, as Deckard Deckard. Yeah. So it's like, no, I don't think that makes sense because he's not aging. Mm-hmm. And what I think would have been awesome is if in the credits, they would have showed that uh, one girl he hooked up with as pregnant.
0: The girl that...
1: Like the slut girl that allowed the, the uh, I don't know, like the hologram into her body or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. That would have been cool if she... Like it would have been like an extra credit scene at the end and showed her as pregnant.
0: Mm-hmm. So Deckard isn't... But the other guy was, right?
1: Yeah. So, the yeah, the one guy was.
0: The, what's his I name? I don't
1: think. Uh, I can't remember. Yeah. I can't remember his name. But the girl was a, re, a replicant. Mm-hmm. Right? The one that died in childbirth. and um, But I don't think Deckard was. But he was, but the girl he hooked up with wasn't, wasn't a replicant, right? I don't think so. Yeah. So I think that would have been cool if it showed her pregnant.
0: Well, then we saw the one girl, like the scene with Jared Leto's character, and there was that girl from the first one. She was a replicant, right? Because she's all young. hmm they they de-aged her and sean young her character
1: oh yeah but he killed her right yeah 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 no i'm talking about uh hold on let me pull it what's it blade runner 2049 yeah mariette mackenzie davis okay because she, was, she wasn't a replicant, right? Oh, Ryan Gosling character is just known as K.
0: Yeah. He was a replicant working for the police department. Mm-hmm. But I don't think... Let me look. Was
1: Marriott a replicant? Oh, she, yeah, it is. She's a Nexus 8 replicant.
0: Hmm. Well, still would have been cool if they showed her pregnant at the end. <laughs> yeah. So was Kay, was he Deckard's son? No, remember... Uh, that was the big it, question, it, right?
1: It was the girl that was the daughter. The girl it was the girl with. that was... That was stuck in that uh, bubble.
0: Oh yeah, okay.
1: And they just made it look like that he had a son, and but that the whole time it was just to hide her.
0: Yeah, that's right.
1: And then she was like hiding in plain sight.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I need to rewatch it. That was good.
1: Yeah, I, I I just watched it one time. I was like, oh whatever, I can't buy anything to watch. I'll watch this one. And I watched the first one, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, that was amazing!" So I just watched the next one. Like, I just watched them back to back.
0: Mm. How they flowed together.
1: Pretty good. I mean, you could tell like a lot of time went by.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and they picked up the story pretty good, you know. But I think it kind of sucked that they wrote what's her name off. I mean, I figured she had to die anyway because she only had a five-year lifespan, so she would she would have been dead regardless. But. It was just all like, it just seemed abrupt. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was almost like you kind of got the feeling when I was watching it, like, oh, they probably couldn't get her back. Or she aged like it wouldn't have worked because she aged too much, you know, in real life.
0: Yeah. Well, isn't she in the movie
1: though? Uh, no, she, she's in the movie, but like more of like as like a memory right? Like I'm remembering her or they like recreated her replicant yeah. to try to try to get Deckard on their t- side, but like Deckard knew she was dead already. So like he knew it was like a fake.
0: Yeah. Okay. It's here. It says archival footage, audio and steals of Sean Young from the original film are used to re- represent her original character and the clone. So yeah. Yeah. She wasn't in on it; just her likeness. And then it says they used the voice of the replicant was created with the use of a sound alike actress. But then, oh really? Then they credited the original Sean Young for for the work. <laughs> That's kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah, I want to see a, a, a third one.